right, turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy. We've been walking through, um, we walked through 1 Timothy and we jumped into 2 Timothy and we start in chapter 2 today and, and um, Paul is going to, we've, we've learned this, but if you're new with us, I want you to know is that um, what is going on here is that um, Paul is writing this second letter to Timothy, who is a young pastor um, in Ephesus. It's a, it's a cultural hub city. It's a port city. And, and Timothy's this young pastor who's um, pastoring this church at Ephesus. And Paul's writing this letter with a sense of urgency because he's writing it from prison. And his execution has been set, and he knows that life on this earth is going to be over soon for him but but what what does paul say he says to live as christ to die is gain and so what paul knows to be true is regardless of of my life ending here i'm still going to get jesus and so paul's urgency here to timothy is is quite um fierce timothy you need to know and understand these things and so we are going to jump into 2 Timothy chapter 2 today. But I want to read you this quote from Billy Graham this morning. The gospel shows people their wounds and bestows on them love. It shows them their bondage and supplies the hammer to knock away their chains. It shows them their nakedness and provides them the garments of purity. It shows them their poverty and pours into their lives the wealth of heaven. It shows them their sins and points them to the Savior. That's what the gospel does. And so when we refer to the gospel this morning, we are referring to the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. And he was beaten and he was crucified on a cross for your sins and for my sins. And he was taken off that cross dead and he was put in a tomb. And three days later, as we just sang, the stone was rolled away. And he walked out of that tomb alive, victorious over death. So that when you and I put our faith and trust in Jesus, we have life and we have it eternally and we have it abundantly that's the gospel that is what the gospel is that's what billy graham is referring to is this this is what the gospel does and so paul this morning in second timothy is going to give four challenges to timothy and he's going to give four challenges to the church of saying hey this is how you handle the gospel and so our aim is simply this this morning live your life so that people always see the gospel in other words live your life so that all people always see in your life through the things you say that jesus died and resurrected for them and that he is over everything in your life so 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it simply says this. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let's just stop. You then, my child. Paul, the urgency is here, but there's also um, an endearing um, idea here of, of my child, Timothy. 
Right, if, if you think about the last words you want to say to your kids, my child, you, you need to hear this. Now you, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strengthened. And so first challenge he tells him is this, be strengthened by the gospel. Be strengthened by the gospel. Look, I think sometimes we think that our strength in, in our faith is how long we've been a believer or how long we've been in ministry or how long we've served or how long we have, we have uh, been really good or how long we've done this. And the reality is, is that our strength is not found in any of those things. It's found in Jesus. It's found in the grace that he gives us every single day. So if you're here this morning and you've been a believer for 50 years, your grace is not found in that. Your strength is not found in that. It's found in the grace of Jesus. If you're here this morning and, and you just walked out of those baptismal waters and you are a new believer, guess what? Your strength is not found in those waters. Your strength is found in the grace of Jesus. And so Paul tells Timothy, my child, be strengthened in the grace of Jesus Christ. So what does it mean for us to be strengthened? Well, Paul's already told us in chapter one that, that this, that we are, for God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. And, and he gave us these things so we could fan into the flame the gift that God has given us. That he's given us the gospel. So now as believers, we have to take and we have to do something with that. We don't just sit on our hands and go, yay. I like church but but that's my biggest fear right is that we come in here every week and we sit in these chairs and we listen and we're like man that was good and then we leave this place and the next time we open up God's word is next week and the next time that we commune with Jesus is next Sunday you want to live a a mediocre Christian life, then do that. You want to live a vibrant, abundant Christian life? Then meet with the Savior every single day. Your strength comes from communing with Jesus. So, like, Brady, I don't, I don't know what that means. Okay, good, I'm glad, I'm going to tell you. So whether you've been a believer here 50 years or you're a new believer, here's how it works. Because I fully believe that there are people who walk their whole life and never commune with Jesus and call themselves Christians. But here's what we do is that we get up in the morning. Our kids are doing a devotional right now and um, there's an acrostic that they're doing and, and the G stands for good morning God. And get up in the morning and they say good morning God. So hey, it's easy get up in the morning and say, good morning, God. I'm ready to meet with you. Before I do anything else, before I make the list for the day, before I, before I, I, I turn my mind on to the to-do list that I have for the whole week, this morning, God, I want to meet with you. And I'm going to open up your word, God. And I'm going I'm to start maybe in the gospel of John, and I'm just going to begin to read. And I'm going to be encouraged and I'm going to be strengthened and I'm going to walk away and go, I don't know what all of that means, but that's okay. 
And then I'm going to sit and I'm just going to spend some time and say, God, I, I just want to thank you for who you are. And thank you for what you did. Because you alone are God. And you alone are Savior. Nothing else. And God, I want you today to make, to make you my everything. I don't want to put my hope in stuff. I don't want to put my hope in relationships. I want to put my hope in you. And I need you to do that. And, and, and God, would you, would you just throughout the day remind me of your word? And you spend time with Jesus. And when you do that, what happens is your faith begins, starts to become strengthened. And so Paul says, hey, hey, Timothy, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So we are strengthened by the gospel. And then he goes on in verse 2 and he says this, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So the second thing, second challenge he gives us is this. Pass on the gospel. The knowledge that you have, give it to someone else and say, hey, I have this knowledge. I want you to know. I want you to understand who Jesus is. And then I want you to go and teach someone else. That's how the gospel spreads. Did you know that? Apparently not. Did you know that's how the gospel spreads is by you telling someone about it? Okay, good. Glad we're there. Glad we're on the same page now. Right? Like that's how the gospel goes out is by us passing it on to other people and declaring it and saying, hey, I want you to know the gospel. I want you to know that Jesus died for your sins. I want you to know that you will never have life outside of him. And Paul tells Timothy, hey, Timothy, pass this on and, and trust it to faithful men who will teach it. If you're an older believer in here and you've been a believer for 50 years, who have you passed the gospel on to? If you've been a believer for a little while, who have you passed the gospel on to? If you're a brand new believer, I'm going to ask you the question because it's every one of our responsibilities. Who have you passed the gospel on to? Who have you said, hey, I really desperately want you to know this because it changes everything. It changes everything. It's changed everything in my life and I know for a fact that it will change everything in your life. Paul says, pass on the gospel, Timothy. Pass it on. And so the question for you and me is, are we doing that? We're passing on the gospel. We're declaring it to those around us. Remember the sense of urgency that Paul's writing with. Timothy, I'm not going to be around much longer. This is on you, buddy right how many of you are older and like i'm not going to be around much longer i'm just playing don't raise your hand right <laughs> but you have a responsibility don't you we're not promised tomorrow are we no we have today so the question comes to the church what are we doing with today 
How are we declaring the good news of Jesus? He says, pass on the gospel. And then in verse 4, he's going to give him another challenge. Look with me. Or verse 3 and 4. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. And an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding and everything. The third thing is he says, he says, endure for the gospel. Endure for the gospel, Timothy. And then he gives him three, um, three ways in which, three examples, if you will. How many of you like examples? Like you're one of those persons, like, if someone comes to you and says, hey, do these things, and, and, and you, like, have no idea what's going on, you were like, um, can I have an example? And they give you an example, and you're like, I'm in. Like, I can do that. Anybody? Just me? Okay, some of you are honest this morning. Everybody likes examples, right? We like to see what's going on. And, and so that's what Paul does here for Timothy. He's like, hey, here's examples. And so first he gives him the soldier. And he says, hey, the soldier does this. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. His goal is to please the one who called him to do it. That's, that's the goal of the soldier. So, so Paul says, hey, here's the soldier. And so I wrote these words down for the soldier. Solidarity and focus. That, that he is convinced just like we have been memorizing as a church, what? But I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I believe and am convinced that he is able to guard until that day. I know in whom I believed, and the solidarity is the gospel, and I'm gonna focus on that. And Paul says, just like the soldier Timothy, this is how you should live your life, with solidarity and with focus. And then the second example he gives him is he gives him the athlete. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. According to the rules. And he competes according to the rules. And so athlete, I wrote down these words, disciplined and worthy. Disciplined and worthy. Is that an athlete trains. Have you ever been around somebody that's training for something? And all they talk about is what? That thing. Like, if you go have a conversation with them, like, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm eating this, I'm drinking this, I'm, I'm, I'm lifting this, I'm running this, I'm biking this. Like, you know, that's not me, by the way, but I'm just saying, like, I know people that are that way. That, like, that's what they do. They train for those things, okay? But the athlete is this. They're disciplined and they're worthy. Is that they train themselves to compete according to the rules. That's... That's why when athletes compete and one cheats, they strip him of that crown, don't they? Why? Because he's no longer worthy of it. And so for us as believers, we have solidarity and focus like the soldier, but like the athlete, we are disciplined in our life that we're daily spending time in communing with Jesus. We're disciplined in that. We're also at the end of our life we're worthy of it because we've lived our life for him and then he's going to give the third example and he's going to say this it's the farmer 
It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. And I, I grew up on a ranch, and we farmed some, and we ranched. And so I, I kind of, I, I, I kind of navigate towards this one just by the nature of my life and, and where I grew up. But, but the farmer is this: the, the farmer is diligent and and humble. The farmer is diligent and humble. My dad managed uh, the same ranch in West Texas for 31 years. I grew up on that ranch. I know more than I would like to know about cattle and sheep. Um, I, I, I just, it was just my life. I grew up around it all of my life. But day in and day out, I watched my dad get up every morning and pretty much do the same things. And there were seasons where we had to feed and there were seasons where we had to work cows and there were seasons where we were calving and there were seasons and all of these things, but it was day in and day out. My dad still to this day struggles to leave home because something might not get done, right? He, he runs some sheep now and, um, and there's just always something to get done, isn't there? And so that's the life of the farmer. He's diligent, day in and day out. Look, your growth won't come by leaps and bounds. Your growth will come in the daily time you spend with Jesus. Your growth will come in the small moments that you stay disciplined to meeting with him. That's where your growth comes. And it won't be astronomical you won't wake up tomorrow and go, man, I know everything. It's not going to happen, right? But day after day after day, you endure. And growth happens. And you're strengthened by the gospel. Well, Paul's going to go on and he's going to say this in <clears throat> verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. With eternal glory. And here's the last challenge he gives us. Remember Jesus is the hero of the gospel. Jesus is the hero. Paul says, hey, look, Timothy, this is not about me. And, and, and in fact, it's all about Jesus, and he's why I suffer for anything and everything. It's about him. It's about Jesus. He says here is that remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Look, him proclaiming that Jesus rose from the dead was still at this time mind-blowing. Still in this day, they're, they're still trying to wrap their minds around how Jesus walked out of the tomb. But what, what Paul's getting at when he tells Timothy this, risen from the dead, he has power over even death that he alone is God, that he alone is Savior. He's the offspring of David. 
Paul takes it back to the Old Testament and said everything that God did in the lives of the prophets and the kings leads us to this moment. He is the promised one because he came from David. All that God promised he did, Timothy. As I preached in my gospel for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. Listen, listen, this is what Paul says. Like, I'm bound right now. Literally, he's bound with chains and, and going to be tried as a criminal. But then he says, with all authority. But the word of God is not bound. It is not. It never will be. It goes forth and we declare it with our mouths. Timothy, listen, the word of God. It is powerful. Do you know the name of Jesus is powerful? That you can speak that name? There's no other name more powerful than the name of Jesus. Sometimes, sometimes, all people need to hear from you, hey, I just want you to know, Clint, Jesus he loves you. Church, you know there's power in that? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. And so Paul declares this high view of Jesus. He says, hey, remember that Jesus is the hero of the gospel because here's the reality for us is that having a high view of Jesus, it keeps us in the war it keeps us on the field and it keeps us on the farm. Understanding every single day as we are diligent and day in and day out and we train and we discipline ourselves and we meet with Jesus, when we have a high view of him and have this view that says, man, he is my everything, then at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what our circumstance is. I'm going to get up and do the same thing the next day because of who he is, not because of who I am. Remember that Jesus is the hero of the gospel. And then Paul's going to go on and he's going to kind of, he's, he's going to turn. He's these four challenges and then he's kind of give this warning, if you will. He's going to give this warning to us. It says this, verse 11, the saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. And then this one's a tricky one. If we deny him, we will, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Well, this is written in um, poetry form, song form. And so um, it says, if we die, we will live. If we endure, we will reign. If we, if we deny, he will deny. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Now, the last one's a little tricky because, and I want you to hear this, because I think sometimes we read this and go, well, it doesn't matter how I live my life, God's gonna be faithful. Well, that's not what at all what the scripture's saying. In fact, it's, it's, it's doing this. It's, it's, a, it's a literary um, uh, play on words, if you will. If we deny him, we are faithless. He also will deny us, and he remains faithful to that. 
Ouch. That's a warning to us, church, about how we live our lives for the gospel. And so the challenge for us, each and every single one of us, is that how are we living our lives so that people always see the gospel? Are we denying him by the actions of our lives? Or are we declaring him that he is risen Savior, King over everything? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. And I pray that as we move into this moment of invitation, Father, that you would move in only ways you can move, Father. We want to respond to your word, God. Father, for, for those maybe this morning here that have never put their faith and trust in Jesus. And right now, they might be a little bit nervous, but Father, I pray that they would know that all they have to do is admit to you that they are a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and confess you as the Lord of their life. Father, for those this morning that are just here and just struggling with a lot of circumstance in life and, and, and it seems as though that, that, that you have gotten further and further away from them and their hearts, I pray that you would just in these moments draw them close to you. Remind them that you have never moved, that you're the same God you were yesterday as you are today and you will be tomorrow and that you were ready to welcome them home. Father, this is your time. We ask that you would move and that you would transform and change lives. We love you. We are grateful for your goodness and kindness to us in the moments that, that we falter, Father. There is your grace. And we want to say thank you for it. It's your mighty name we pray. Amen.